0: Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our Advent series, God With Us. Here's Pastor Geshom bringing God's word to us.
1: Hi, church. It's such a joy and honor to be meeting with you in this online experience. Even as we've come into uh, the last month of this year, and even as we've started a new series called God With Us, um, I'm excited that God is doing something in us even as we've come to the end of the year. Because uh, the year has not been kind to anyone. And as we look uh, forward to another year, our hope is that God will be with us even as we step into this new year. Uh, even as we've been seeing over the last two weeks, we saw the first week how God is with us to lead us. And the second week, we saw how God is with us to love us. And today, we're going to see how God is with us to save us. Even before we go into God's word, I would request each and every one of us, if we can, you know, just look into our lives and see, do we really need saving uh, from something by God? Because uh, honestly, many a times we feel like, you know, we are in control of situations where we don't need any saving. Uh, you know, we are saving from, in fact, you know, and we are always striving to save for something uh, in this world. Uh, I don't know how many of you, uh, you know, really um, have the burden, but a lot of us carry the burden of, you know, we're saving for our future, which is a really good thing. We want to be financially secure. We, uh, you know, many times are saving, uh, uh, saving ourselves, you know, for a better life in the next couple of years. So we strive hard now we sometimes you know save ourselves sometimes from relationships which harm us thinking that our future choices will be better but i would love for us to actually you know just look deep into our hearts and see is god really with us because if god is not with us the amount of time and effort that we put into saving for will seem meaningless and so today even as i asked you to think what do we need primarily saving from if i have to ask you You'll be like, you know, today you might say the prime, uh, the most important thing I would need probably uh, saving would be I, I might need the vaccine, but I might need, uh, you know, some kind of relief from the burden of uh, my monthly installments that I'm paying because it just feels too heavy a yoke that I'm carrying. Or for some of you, it could be even uh, the struggle of, you know, taking one, taking care of one of your parents who's been, you know, who's uh, probably terminally sick or who's sick and who's with you. Or, or you know, probably some of you just uh, want, I have been struggling in your marriage that you've been saying, you know, I want to be saved from this. The What we need to be saved from oftentimes comes from a place where we are yoked uh, by something and we feel so heavy and we feel like we are not actually living the life of freedom that, you know, uh, Christ has called us to live. And so today I would encourage you, can you invite God into the mix? Because we need God every step of the way. And I love how uh, we're going to see from the book of Luke today. And Luke is this um, doctor, physician, and he's been a disciple. Uh, He's been, you know, journeying along with Paul. And uh, he is a guy who's captured every detail possible because he's building a case here. He's building a case that Jesus is the Messiah. He's building the case that what Jesus did on this earth and what Jesus left for his disciples do is authentic. And so he writes this extensive detailed book, uh, you know, which is called the Gospel of the Luke. And it carries forwards into the book of um, Acts where we see God's mighty work. And in fact, today, the book of Acts is such uh, a pivotal book for the church because it's through that book, we are able to do all that God's called us to do. It's through the revelation of the Holy Spirit that we are able to actually meet like this and, you know, have fellowship with one another, see what God really meant when He was on this earth. And today, uh, even as Luke starts with such uh, an elaborate, detailed account of everything, uh, before that, I would like, as I mentioned earlier, we all need saving from. We are striving so hard to make our life better, to make everything that we do much better here on this earth. But are we really striving hard enough to actually save our soul? Are we striving hard enough to be saved from uh, the eternal fire that has been predicted and been foretold in the book of Revelation? When Jesus comes back, he says, all those who know him, all those who accept him as Lord and Savior and confess with their mouth, that he is God and Savior, will have eternal life with him. And for others who have not confessed, they don't get to be part of that. Are we really saved? And I would love to draw attention to Paul. And you might ask, okay, we are in the Advent series. Why are you bringing Paul here? Paul goes on to say in 1 Timothy that he is the greatest of sinners. Paul, who was previously called a Saul, was zealous for Judaism. He He was waiting for the Messiah to come and he didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah who came and went. And in fact, you can see him, you know, he was there when Stephen was martyred. He started taking it. He had his own agenda of making sure that he alienated and, you know, imprisoned all of the people who actually followed Jesus. And he was on a mission when Jesus actually met him. And when he met him, the scales fell off from his eyes. And when the scales fell, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior. And this guy who was against Jesus was actually then transformed into a person who was standing for the gospel, was standing for Jesus in so many different settings, in homes, in, you know, amongst the Gentiles, in public squares. He was professing God's faith. He was professing the faith and his faith was that. Okay. He was professing Jesus, that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He's seen in a city where they have a altar saying the unknown God. He goes there and he talks to the people who are intellects there. And he says, the unknown God is none other than Jesus, who is the Messiah. We're going to read from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 to 16. And I'm going to take it from the message version. And it goes on to say like this. Here's a word you can take to heart and depend on. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm proof. Public sinner number one. Of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. And now he shows me off, evidence of his endless patience to those who are right on the edge of trusting him forever. And so today God wants to save us. God wants to save us. All of us who are born in this world were born into sin. And we disobeyed God way back in Genesis it says. We disobeyed God. And God wanted to restore that. And for that restoration to happen, he had to save us. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. The entire season of Christmas is a reminder for us that we are saved. We can't uh, neglect that gift. The gift is the gift of salvation. It's just not about a baby being born. It's about us being saved. And if we can be reminded of ourselves of that, we'll understand how important the season is. We can reorder everything in our life so that God can save us. And so today, uh, when I say God can save us, I would like to clarify that it's not uh, a feeling of positivity. It's not a feeling of, you know, I have this vibe that, you know, God is, you know, um, uh, God is really, you know, he's there and I, I can feel it when I'm around someone. No. Are you really asking Jesus to come into your heart? Can you really sense him speaking to you and there are clear evident ways of how he does it when you worship him when you sing a song when you exalt him he starts ministering to you when he ministers to you it's just not ministering to you into your mind but he's ministering to you in your spirit and when you accept him as lord and savior you are just not left alone you start calling on that name every time in closed doors when you're alone when you're uh, when you're traveling you can just call on the name of jesus you start having this intimate conversation with him And when you actually want to know more about him, you open the word of God and he reveals himself to you. When he reveals himself to you, you see that there's so many things that he's saying and it starts making sense because the Holy Spirit is a revealer of, you know, that mystery that we see in the word of God. And so today God wants to save us so that we can have this relationship with him. And, you know, when God saves us, it is he who is in us and that's what people get to see. The love that people get to experience becomes Christ's love only when Christ is in us. The mercy that people get to see, you know, when we start exhibiting is because God showed us mercy and that we are able to show that mercy forward to others. Even as I have titled this sermon, God with us to save us, uh, the word save uh, in the dictionary means uh, to keep something safe for later use. And oftentimes when we look in the scripture, when God's actually saying, he wants to save us. Jesus wants us to save us from eternal death for eternal life. And so in the Christian walk, you'll soon realize God is actually saving us from using the wrong words, from speaking uh, death over certain situations in our life. And, you know, we are actually speaking life into certain things. We are you know, being saved from, you know, our old way of living for a new way of living. We are, we are um, saved from, you know, our dependency on ourselves and the things of this world. Uh, and we are saved from that and we are saved for our dependency on Christ alone, who is the solid rock. And so with that in mind, uh, I would love for us to actually go into uh, the two different points that I have for this uh, entire sermon, which is taken specifically from the book of Luke of, um, of the account that he's given that's happened uh, before Jesus was born and even after Jesus was born. Because I strongly believe that these life lessons will help us. To actually call on Jesus and ask him saying, God, you are with me. Can you come and save me? Can you save me at this point in this situation or in this place that I'm in? I need saving from so that I can experience the freedom that you've called me to have in this world. And so the first thing is God is with us to save us from our disbelief for a refined faith. And we're going to look uh, at the life of um, Two people at this point to to compare, and it all happens in Luke 1. One is um, a, a priest. In fact, he's John the Baptist's father, and his name is Zechariah. And the other one is Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to uh, 22 onwards, and it goes on to say, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And this is Zechariah's response. And he goes on to say, and Zechariah said to the angel, "How shall I know this? For I am old man, and my wife is advanced in years." And the angel answered him, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent." to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering at this delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept giving signs of them and remained home. God is with us to save us from our disbelief. How many of us can actually relate to Zachariah? You know, I, I honestly, I feel, uh, you know, when um, imagine a person just suddenly standing in your room. One, you'll be terrified. How did that person get in? That's how your, um, your uh, mind works. And second, he's saying, do not be afraid. I have a message from God. And he tells them what he's going to do. And who his son is going to be. He says he's going to be anointed of the Holy Spirit right in his mother's womb. That he will actually call on people. He'll prepare the way. In fact, this is a prophecy that is being fulfilled. It's been foretold by many prophets earlier. And even as he's uh, mentioning all this, Zechariah, as all human beings, is going through his logical side completely. Where he's like, God, we're already way past. We're probably in our 70s. We, are una- we won't be able to have a kid. Uh, How is this possible? And sometimes it's in those moments that the Holy Spirit wants us to have an exceptional faith in him. An extraordinary faith in him. And if you see here, I think uh, many a times we kind of like, you know, diffuse the promises of God by what we confess with our mouth. Many a times God speaks promises into our lives, like as he's speaking into Zechariah and we diffuse it entirely and negate it and you know nullify it with our own logic we don't give room for the supernatural and the thing is um, for god to be god it has to be done his way and not our way for god to actually uh, you know have his uh, seal and his imprint it has to have a testimony of god's hand in that mix and when god's hand is in that mix It's like when you're mixing batter. It has to have God's mix, which means there has to be an element of the supernatural. There has to be that element of a miracle. There has to be an element of, you know what, God, I didn't believe and I can't believe. And and so that disbelief has to be turned to a refined faith. And a refined faith grows over time. You start trusting God in the small things. You start saying, God, okay, I believe you. I'll hold on to that. And just imagine this, the promise that God gave and because of that logic that he brought forward, the angel kind of like said, you know what? You're not going to uh, get this the easy way. You're going to struggle. And he was mute. He couldn't talk. And just imagine for the next nine months, all that he had to do was keep quiet. He has to do show by sign language. There was, there's disc, there's a lot of difficulty in the disbelief that we always will have. There will be a lot of, times we'll uh, we'll put a lot of things on ourselves and not and and because of our logic we'll kind of like you know not allow god's uh, word to actually sink in and work in us we'll have layers and layers of disbelief and god wants to negate and you know break down all that so that we'll be able to experience him being with us and i'm going to read from the life of mary when the same angel visited mary How did she deal with this? How did her disbelief that, you know, when she couldn't believe, okay, this is going to happen, how did she turn it around? Reading from Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Look at the beautiful response Mary gives. Yes, she says, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel doesn't, uh, you know, uh, doesn't go on to like, you know, elaborate on that aspect. This tells her, you know what, if you don't believe this, go see your cousin who's actually pregnant. She's six months into uh, her pregnancy. And I love the stance in which um, uh, Mary immediately changes everything. If you notice here, uh, she is not uh, putting her circumstances, her present situation present in her disbelief. She's not saying, you know what, I'm betrothed or I have to tell Joseph. No, she comes to this place like if this is of God, God will take care. And oftentimes in our saving, we need to understand if God is saving us, he is in control. He is saving us. And so he's saving us from disbelief for a refined faith. And you're like, Geshomoki, you're saying, well, faith, I understand, but what is refined faith? Uh, many of you, uh, I don't know how many of you have played with fire or been around fire. You notice that fire, water, and all these are, you know, uh, in a controlled manner, they are highly efficient. But if they are left alone to anything, they just cause a lot of havoc. You know, we just experienced rains. Over the last few weeks in Chennai, and uh, uh, water levels were rising. They said they're opening up the reservoir. People are afraid it will become a 2015 incident where we saw flooding happening. You know, and uh, last year, same time last year in Australia, they had the bushfires which kind of swept uh, a lot of parts of uh, the forest area in Australia. And if you notice fire, fire just eats everything and anything on its way. It's a beautiful journey where we all get to be, where God refines our faith on a daily basis. He's re- referred to as a refiner, a person who's refining gold and silver. And if you notice them, they don't just allow the gold to you know endlessly be there. There's a particular way in which they handle it. There's a particular way in which to which segment of the flame do they actually show it in? How long they show it in? They take it out, they tap it so that some impurities come out, they put it back in. And God always wants to do that with our faith. And it starts with the small things. God's not going to suddenly dump a huge, uh, you know, um, a faith uh, task over you. He's going to start with a small and it's going to grow and grow. And so today, this refined faith might look different for every one of us. But are we willing God to work in us? When you say God is with us, he's going to start working in that. He's going to say, you know what, Geshom, I want to refine this place. You have a lot of anger. I want to refine that off for you. Or Geshom, you have a lot of impatience. I want to refine that. I want you to be patient. I want you to understand that I am a patient God, that I've been patient with you. Extend that to others. And so that refining happens when you allow God more and more room in our hearts, more and more room in our lives. And so this disbelief that we oftentimes showcase, God wants to get into that mix to say, you know what, I want to start. Activating faith. He saves us from the disbelief for a refined faith. I want to read from Malachi chapter 3, verse 3 in the Amplified Version and goes on to say, Behold, I'm going to send my messenger and he will prepare the clear way before me, and the Lord, the Messiah, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But you can endure the day of his coming. But who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like launder's soap, which removes impurities and uncleanness. He will sit as a refiner and purify of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi the priests, and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord grain offerings in the righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in ancient years. So Jesus came into this world to save us so that we can have refined faith in this world to live day after day till we meet him for eternity. We are saved from our sin and we are saved for eternity. Our goal is eternity as we are walking with that in mind. He keeps refining our faith so that we are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. So that we are doing what he has called us to do. Uh, you might be wondering, okay, why is Geshum on and off talking a lot at doing what he's called us to do? Because when we say we have Jesus in our hearts, we have to do what he wants us to do. There's no two ways about it. And, and uh, just because we do what God wants us to do doesn't mean our life is going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's going to be this highway where we can just cruise in auto-cruise mode. No, Just imagine with Mary accepting what the angel said. Everything changed from then on. God had to speak to Joseph. They had to, you know, go back to where they were from for census. There was a journey in that. It's tough travel. They didn't get a room. They had to, you know, be in a manger and give birth to Jesus there. And then suddenly overnight, they are asked to leave to Egypt. So today, if you're wondering, you know what, I've I've given my faith. I've, I've put all my trust in Jesus and the journey has been hard. Take courage, my friend. The journey is hard. The journey will be hard. But the the beauty of the journey being hard is that Jesus is there in it. And just imagine, in that entire journey, Mary and Joseph didn't lack anything with regard to provision because God provided. They didn't lack anything with regard to protection because God protected. And in that entire thing, they had purpose. They were doing what God had called them to do. They were in the center of his will for their lives. And so today, even as you're in this journey, in this when where your disbelief has been taken away and you've been redeemed and set free for eternity where you're in this refiners, uh, the hands where he's shaping your faith. Remember, he has a plan and a purpose for you. He will allow you to persevere through till you close your eyes here on this earth so that you can spend eternity with him. He will provide for you. And he will protect you. I'm reminded of this story where, you know, um, we in our personal lives where uh, before our uh, daughter was born, you know, just the night before our daughter was born, my wife suddenly started having this pain. And, uh, you know, we rushed her to the hospital. And the entire pregnancy had been uh, heavy on her because just uh, uh, six months before that, she had suffered a miscarriage. And uh, as she was on this, uh, uh, that entire nine-month journey, um, you know, she was advised complete bed rest. They were every day injecting her with progesterone so that the baby will be intact in the womb. And you know, it it was a tough journey. And so we, uh, when she had these birthing pains, because it was a planned C, we had set a date and time. But she had pains, and so we went to the emergency. The doctor said, "You know what? Tomorrow you're going to have the baby, so you can go back home." And she just gave uh, a prescription for a medicine. And I remember going to the pharmacy to buy it, and my wife was just waiting there. It was like middle of the night, around one o'clock. The pharmacist was sleeping. And in his, you know, uh, half-woken state, he gave us some medicine. And we sit in the car. And before she can take it, uh, something in her spirit sensed, you know what, Geshwam, I don't think this is the right medicine. And I strongly believe it's the Holy Spirit. Because all that nine months, if there's one thing that we were doing was we were praying over the baby, that God will protect the baby that God will deliver the baby in, in in the right time with, you know, with everything intact. Because a lot of reports came saying, you know, there's, uh, uh, you know, and it just um, it just felt at that time that we were highly relying on the Holy Spirit. Because he he told, and, and Tina said, you know what, Google this particular tablet and see if this is the medicine. And, uh, you know, to our amazement, the medicine he gave was, you know, a green capsule, whereas the medicine what we had to take was in you know, a white and in a different shape. On the way back home, we stopped in another pharmacy and we picked it up. And the next day we had our daughter who was born, you know, picture perfect, you know, that was uh, born whole. And all that while I was able to just thank God and say, God, thank you that you we are sensitive enough to listen to your Holy Spirit. And so when I say God, when God is with us to save us, he will save you from situations like this. Sometimes he might save you from uh, not stepping into a certain place just to protect you from an accident. Or I've been in places like that where I've just been held back from going and gods I've seen God's protection. Or probably you, you're going in for an important meeting and God suddenly gives you a word. It's the Holy Spirit because he is there to save you. But when you have disbelief so high, you won't be able to listen to that. So church, I would encourage you that even in the season, can we... Ask God to change and save us you know from disbelief, for refined faith, which is growing. and so the faith in the small things, it grows onto big things. The second thing is God is with us to save us from waiting for fulfilled hope. And we're going to look uh, in the life uh, in, the, in Luke chapter two uh, of one of the men of God who was actually waiting to see Jesus in person. I'm going to read from Luke chapter two. Let's read. It goes on to say, and they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement. An elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem, whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirement of the sacrifice. Simon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied, saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die content for your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes, I have seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will be glory for your people, Israel, and the revelation light for all people everywhere. Even as we read through Simeon's life, we see this beautiful thing where God's revealed to him saying that, you know what, you won't see death till you see the Messiah. And I love how he's, a, you know, he's responding to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit prompts him. You know, the Holy Spirit is actually prompt, not prompting him in a new place, but is in a place where he is there probably every day. He's been there ministering every day. He's been there talking and meeting with people every day. And yet he is still so sensitive to what the Holy Spirit nudges him to do. In the waiting, in that waiting, he's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And what he gets to see is a fulfillment that happens. And so today, even as I mentioned that we are having, uh, God is saving us from waiting for fulfilled hope. All of us are in a season of waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. It could be for a miracle with regard to your health. It could be a a miracle with regard to a relationship that you're in. You're hoping that it will get better. Or it could be a family circumstance where you're actually asking God, God, we've been waiting for this, but nothing's happened. Or it could even be you've been waiting for a spouse and nothing really has come through. And you're asking God, what is your plan for my life? Remember, God is with you to save you in that waiting period for a fulfilled hope. Simeon was in the temple courts. He was waiting there. And one of the things about being in the temple courts is you get to hear the word of God being read to you. And even as it's being read, he would have heard these prophecies time and again that kept coming. There is a Messiah that's coming. There is a Messiah. Even as we uh, go into the next fourth part of the series, we're going to see what who this word is. But he probably was hearing this word time and again that they're waiting for this Messiah, waiting for this Messiah. And that's why even as he was uh, prophesying over Jesus, he said, Lord, thank you that I get to see this word in reality. Today, your life will not end until God has completed everything that he has to complete in your life here on this earth. And Simeon is a good example of that. He stays true to his word true to his promises. Yes, sometimes uh, as we are waiting, we have a certain expectation. But remember the word Bible says, my ways are higher than your ways. So, so our expectations will never match with God's expectations. And so today, a lot of us have that question, God, why did why did this happen? Or why, why did this person suddenly die? We often fail to understand that probably in God's eyes, they already had completed all they were assigned to do on this earth. And for some of us who are still left behind, are we willing to continue on and do what God's calling us to do? So that when we meet with him in eternity, he's like, good and faithful servant, you've completed all that I had assigned for you. It's it's, uh, especially in the season that we are in, we've been hearing time and again of so many loved ones and uh, friends that we know who've passed away because of the pandemic. As we might have questions, we might have our doubts. Remember, in all of this, it's that refined faith that causes us to have faith in in, in situations when we, where we don't have. So that in that waiting, we'll be able to sense the Holy Spirit. When He tells us to move here, do this, do that, we'll find fulfillment and everything. I have the hope that Lord, You've saved us from our sinful state for eternity, and that we'll be able to see that eternity with Him. Um, uh, over the last week, uh, I got to edit a story uh, for a ministry, and uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a real life story of a person who actually had four kids, um, and his third kid uh, was born, and uh, when she was born. Um, by the fourth month, they found out something was wrong with the kid. And uh, on in further investigation, they found out that, you know, her front side of her brain didn't grow at all. And she suffered from severe cerebral palsy. And, um, and it's, it's, it's a 45-minute uh, interview, which I was editing. And uh, as I was listening through that, uh, the, 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 it's been 16 years since the, the, the child has lived on this earth has been 16 years the family of uh, six have actually journeyed on this journey they've they have been with her they have uh, uh, you know gone through this entire uh, and she and he says you know what she can't eat she needs a feeding tube you know she can't she's a 16 year old with a four month old brain you know and as parents they knew that you know this um, this just didn't happen because i think god allowed it to happen so that Uh, They would get to experience their daughter here on this earth. And even as they were on this journey, they they had a lot of tough times. But the the beauty of the husband and wife in their their testimony, they say, is we saw God shape us to something different. They said our kids will never be the same. And so uh, he says this beautiful thing where he says, oftentimes we are never going to get closure on this earth. But when he was meditating on God's word, even as he was uh, walking one day alone, God gave him three verses and he said, your daughter is mine. As much as your daughter is yours on this physical earth, she's mine. And I know what she's going through. And he said, you know what? His prayer was, God, I can't see my daughter suffer anymore. It's So much. He said, I know. God comforted him in three verses. And next day, his daughter passed away. And when his daughter passed away, one of his close relatives said she could see an image next to her bed where Jesus was just hugging her. And as I was interviewing you, he said in this closing statement, which kind of left me uh, completely uh, completely changed for, in fact, to understand uh, how he's viewing eternity. You know, as a father who had a child who couldn't live the normal life here, oftentimes you're trying to just be normal and we forget what eternity awaits. And he says, you know, as a father, my heart is broken. My heart. It has like probably 25% for each kid. My heart is missing the 25%. But she's gone to be with her eternal father, he says. He says, just imagine uh, in this, in the world, where, in the place where they were, everywhere they went, they took their daughter with them. And if she couldn't go somewhere, they didn't go as a family. And she said, just imagine she's gone way in advance to heaven. I can't wait to go to heaven and for her to show me around. And he said, you know, my daughter going to heaven means she's not going to She's going to have a full brain. She's going to have. She's be, she's going to be not confined to a wheelchair. She can, you know, she can. She she doesn't have to be fed via a tube. That is what eternity has. Eternity is wholeness. There's nothing empty there. Everything is whole. And so, church, today uh, we are living in a time where we we get so bogged down by all that we are going through. And sometimes the waiting is tough. The waiting is challenging. The waiting is uh, uh, tiresome. The waiting is—you know—it brings impatience out of us. But can we be saved from that waiting of, you know, physical waiting, and be, you know, saved for a fulfilled hope? A fulfilled hope where we say, "No, God, I trust you." You know, the, the 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 more you read in the New Testament, the more you read in of what God was doing in the early church. Nothing. Nothing um, you know, deterred them from what God had called them because they knew if they close their eyes here on earth, when they open, they're going to see Jesus. And they lived for that moment. But they did what all they had to do here on this earth. And so church today, let's do all that God's called us to do. But let's do it from a place of having a fulfilled hope, knowing that because God has saved us, whatever may come, even if I close my eyes today, when I open my eyes, I know I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to see His beautiful face. I'm going to see the splendor of His glory. And we will get to worship Him for eternal.
0: Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in Remember, whoever finds Jesus, finds life.